Welcome to the Common Grace Podcast, where we believe talking about faith doesn't actually have to feel awkward. I'm your host, Joshua Story, and today we sit down with comedian Andrew Stanley. In this episode, we talk with Andrew about why humor is so disarming and how Christians can better use humor to tear down some of the walls that go up when we talk about faith. Uh, It was such a fun conversation, and I can't wait for you to hear it. So without further ado, here is our interview with Andrew Stanley. Well, Andrew, thank you uh, for coming on the podcast, man. We're excited to have you. Thanks for having me. Pumped to be here. First things first, I uh, there's there's a lot of things I want to talk to you about concerning uh, specifically like humor and satire as a form of evangelism. But uh, one of the things I wanted to ask you first off is like how how does one get involved in stand up comedy? Because that seems like an industry that you know you don't study for, you don't go to college for. Like, how do you actually break into that that industry? Yeah, I yeah, it'd be great if there was this. this the problem is if they did a stand-up comedy college, it'd be all the wrong people that would go to it. Because <laughs> uh, most stand-up comedians are just like, yeah, we're just going to get on stage and try it out. I mean, because that's yeah. really what you have to do to start doing comedy. There's not a lot of practicing you can do alone. It's really like, right. all right, I wrote some jokes. That's what I can do to prepare. Yeah, totally. But in order to find out if it works or not, I have to get in front of people and try it to a live audience. It's the only way to measure if I'm funny or if this joke is funny or if what I'm trying to do is going to work. Yeah, so it's really the beginning is the hardest part because you're going up there to do five, even if it's just five minutes, you don't know if thir- any 30 seconds of it even works. Yeah. Um, eventually you get to where you're like, you build up and you're like, all right, I have five minutes that work. So now I'll do four <laughs> that I know works and then one that I'm working on. So you can kind of yeah. put the new stuff in with the stuff that, you know, at least works most of the time. But when you're starting out, you've got 0% confirmed funny right so it's uh it's pretty much just go to the comedy club and do the open mics and try to make friends with comedians and listen back to your set and it's painful but you learn (laughs) what works what doesn't work what you can leave what you need to change and um just kind of constant editing yeah how was that very first like open mic night for you like you know how did you even decide (laughs) i'm gonna work up the courage to go and do it yeah i mean i really didn't want to um I went and saw an open mic um, once I kind of decided that I, I felt like I should do it. Um, we went to the open mic. I took a couple of friends. I didn't even tell them that I was thinking about doing it. I was like, hey, you guys just want to go see an open mic just random? And they're like, yeah, okay. Because <laughs> uh, I, I think my biggest fear going into it was that I would be memorably bad. Like they would leave <laughs> and everybody would be like, what was the deal with that one awful guy? Yeah. But then we went to see the open mic and I remember leaving feeling encouraged because I knew that I would not be memorably bad <laughs> among that group uh, yeah. because an open mic is a place for insane people. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the time it's just pretty, it's, you know, you have people that are really trying to do it and then you just have some crazy people because um, the confidence, because you have to have, you have to either really want to do it to put yourself through that, or you just have to be crazy enough that it's just not going to phase you no matter how it goes. And you get a lot of those crazy <laughs> people that are not doing great. So I remember being like, okay, yeah, I might not do a good job, but I'm not going to be anybody's talking point on the way home because of how <laughs> bad I was. So right. that actually gave me a lot of confidence just going to see one. Yeah. Um, but then you also see, you know, six or seven people on there that are doing a great job. So you see what yeah. it's supposed to look like and what, you know, effective comedy is doing. But then you also see people trying it for the first time and people that are just up there talking about whatever. Yeah. Um, and you're like, okay, yeah, I can at least try this and not, it's not going to ruin 
ruin <laughs> my confidence. Yeah, totally. I I went to one open mic night once, and it seemed to me that a lot of it was comics who were just kind of like trying out new jokes on other comics. And I remember thinking like, what yeah. an intimidating room because half the room isn't there to laugh. Half the room is there to see how they compare to everybody else. And I was like, man, what a tough place to like cut your teeth. Totally. Yeah. And every, and all open mics are different. And um, thankfully the one I did was a club where it's a paying audience and it's mostly people oh, okay. that are there to see their friends. Cool. Um, but most open mics are exactly what you just described, which is, you know, over half the people in the room are waiting their turn to perform. So one, they're not really paying that close of attention because they're thinking about what they're going about to do. Yeah. And also they're not really comedians are never the best audience. It takes a lot to make us laugh out loud. I mean, you can, yeah. I can really enjoy a joke and just be like, Oh, that was really good without yeah. having that right, you know, totally. reaction, uncontrollable laughter. So, yeah. um, so yeah, that's a tough thing about open mics. You always have to kind of take a room with a grain of salt and be like, okay, this room, I need to set my expectations because 70% of the people are just going to be looking in their notebooks, no matter how funny I am. <laughs> right. Um, and then a lot of comics get into the bad habit of what we call performing for the back of the room, mm. which is, you know, saying I'm, I'm here to make the other comics laugh. And the type of joke that's going to make other comics laugh is not usually the type that's going to make a general audience laugh. So it can gotcha. be, so if you all you're doing are open mics and most of the audience at the open mics are other comedians, you can find yourself writing jokes just for other comedians, which are really just yeah. kind of inside jokes that are not going to help you long-term. So you do see some of that and you try to, you try to focus on the real audience that's there right. rather than just the comedians, even if there's more of them. Yeah, man, that's such a, a, <laughs> a difficult road to try to be successful at something. I, speaking <laughs> of though, like I, I saw that you made the, the new faces showcase at just for laughs with like, was that last year? Yeah, that was last July. That was um, that's that was, huge. Yeah, I was uh, extremely honored to get asked to go do that, and thankful that it was last year and not this year. It got totally <laughs> right. canceled this year. Totally, because like that's that's like the biggest comedy festival in the world, right? Yeah, yeah. Just for laughs in Montreal, so it's it's um it's a big thing. It's you know it's over you know over a week long, I, I think um and it's you know kevin hart's there doing shows and there's all these big names you definitely would have heard of doing shows yeah. throughout the week but then um what i was doing was called the new faces which is every year they select a group of kind of quote-unquote undiscovered people that the industry thinks is hopefully gonna be some of the the new faces yeah actually yeah, totally. of kind of hey these people are up and coming and hopefully we think they're on track for success and so you get to go do a showcase in a big theater whereas you know i think i think they did three new new faces showcases each had maybe like nine people on them and um and so i was on the unwrapped one which means i didn't have an agent or a manager and i met my okay. manager through doing okay. the festival and made lots of great connections with other comedians and some agents and got to go have some fun meetings in la and so that was wow. that was by far the biggest thing that's happened for me in my career um yeah totally and lots of fun. Lots of fun just being in Montreal and just walking down the street and being like, oh, there's Howie Mandel. Oh, there's all these people <laughs> that I never expected yeah. to just be walking past. Dude, totally. Um, so it, it's kind of like Disney World for comedians or comedy fans. Yeah. And, um, it's, uh, yeah, it's indescribable. Man, that's awesome. Congrats. That's a, that's a big deal. 
Um, so man, one of the, the, the big things that I want to talk to you about today is the idea of humor being a disarming way to talk about faith. And I'm a big believer that um, a lot of people don't have a problem with Jesus as much as they have a problem with his followers, right? So they sure. have, have a hard time like marveling at the goodness of who Christ is because they're just distracted by the behavior or the actions of Christians. Um, and I think one of the things that you do so well is that you do a good job about poking fun at the distracting things that Christians do. <laughs> um, and in, 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 in doing that, like, I think you cut through a bunch of the clutter that people are like, I don't know about the Christian thing. How have you seen people actually respond to that, that approach in your, in your standup sets? Yeah, no. Well, first of all, thank you for saying all those nice things. Um, I hope that's what I'm doing, what people think <laughs> when I do that. A lot of people are like, you really should not be talking so lightly about this stuff. And I'm just like, yeah, well, if I don't, then nobody's going to be interested to hear about it at all. Yeah, totally. Um, and I'm not up there trying to, you know, evangelize or anything like that. Yeah, but totally. I do think I have learned that if I can talk about things that are important to me in a light way, it is disarming to people. And I've had a lot of cool conversations with people after shows that, I don't think I would have been able to have if I had gone up there and just been really hard about what I, you know, in, in between the jokes being like, and before I continue, let me just tell you, and you know, <laughs> I, last thing I want to do is be preachy up there. And right. whenever I talk about stuff related to the church or related to faith, which is by all means, not what I'm only writing about. I'm trying to, right. <laughs> trying to write stuff about all kinds of experiences and stories but um but whenever i do anything that kind of touches the church world or the faith world i'm always trying to be respectful but also if something is doesn't make sense to me i'm not going to not talk about it just because it might bother some people um yeah totally you know i, I mean, one of the first jokes i wrote was about how in college a lot of my friends would go on these you know four-day mission trips and just fill up their cameras with pictures and I didn't even know if they're really doing any work. And I was just like, <laughs> right. that's, that's funny. Like that yeah. is a, it's a funny thing to point out and there's plenty of jokes there, but also I kind of do wonder about that. Is that the cultural thing? Is that how we, what we want to be the normal thing we yeah, think totally. of when we think of mission trips? So I don't know. I'm not out there trying to make like a big difference through changing people's thoughts about Christianity or anything like that, but it, I think it is important as Christians that we're able to laugh at ourselves because nobody wants to be a part of, nobody wants to be friends with somebody that can't laugh at themselves. So even if yeah, we totally. apply that to Christianity, Christians as a whole, if people look at us as this uptight group that can't even acknowledge some of the hypocrisies, then what's the point of exploring it? So I hope yeah. that the type of comedy I'm doing is more inviting than it is, you know, dissuading. Yeah, totally. So like on that, like on that note, like you, you live in kind of two different comedy worlds, right? Where you can go to Montreal and do a showcase at, you know, a very, I hate this word, like, quote unquote, like secular, I mean, just like general sure, comedy no, things, right? Yeah, I know we hate that word, but it is usually the, the best one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but then you also do a lot of stuff for, you know, churches and, you know, I've seen you do, you know, Catholic conference and stuff like that. So you kind of go back and forth between just a general comedy audience and then kind of a more churchy audience as well. Um, how do church sure. people specifically respond to that type of material compared to people, say, in a comedy club that might be a little bit more jaded about, you know, the church and stuff like that? Do Christians take more offense to it? <laughs> you know, it's a 
it just depends and you're to, you're totally right i do you know i'll do a comedy club saturday night and do a church sunday night and i i am very much in, have a foot in both of those worlds which is where i really am comfortable i love doing yeah. both and before i answer your question it's uh i like doing both because when i'm in the comedy club i'm usually the cleaner you know the cleaner comedian mm. on the lineup and i kind of play that role but then when i'm in the church i'm the edgy comedian <laughs> Uh, telling pretty much the same joke so i kind of get to play both roles of like <laughs> yeah, the good totally. guy and the let me see how close to the line i can get guy yeah um so i feel I, it's, it's really fun to get to to play both of those on in a given week um church shows um it's tough to just you know it's 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 tough to put them all into one basket because as you know visiting other churches it, they you know i've been to some churches that are you know, closer to a comedy club than to the most conservative church I've ever been. Like I right. tell people, uh, when a lot of my comedian friends would be like, what is it like doing comedy in churches? And I'm like, well, it depends on the church. I've done a church where they got upset that I said the word beer in one of my <laughs> jokes. And I've done a church show where they were drinking beer in the church. <laughs> so, I mean, it, there's such yeah. a spectrum when it comes totally. to that stuff. And Fortunately for me at this point, I'm pretty much getting booked just at the churches that are going to be more on the, we're, we enjoy laughing at ourselves. We take yeah. our, we take what we believe seriously, but we don't take ourselves that seriously. Yeah, that totally. We can't laugh at our, our, uh, that sometimes we're bad at practicing what we believe. Like we can yeah. at least recognize that and laugh at it while not saying it's not important. Right. Um, and I'm hoping that the Last thing I want to do is ever is get on stage and be like, "What you're doing is wrong." It's more of just like, "Isn't this crazy that we do this?" Like, yeah, totally. this, Should we? Um, so I'm able to do a lot of the same material at both places. I rarely will have to change anything. Um, like if I'm doing a comedy club, I I will still tell a joke about mission trips, but I might have to do a little more work to make sure everyone mm. understands what I'm talking about. I might yeah, have totally. to do another joke within it to be like, help explain what I'm about to talk about rather than yeah. a church where I can just be like, just go right into it. Yeah, so, like, but I, there's, re there's never really a joke that I'm like, Oh, this would not be appropriate for church, but I'll tell it in a club. It's, yeah. it's rare that I would have anything that I wouldn't be willing to tell both places, which is kind of important to me, I think yeah. in terms of what I'm writing about. Totally. Why do you think, I mean, I think that's a phenomenal insight. Why do you think you tend to be, like if you're telling the exact same joke in two places, what about that same joke becomes edgy in the church context? Um, I think it's a lot. Of, that's a great question. I think, um, I think a lot of times it's just where we are. And mm. a lot of times if a church crowd is being a little tighter than I want them to be, and maybe they're, they're a little nervous, they're like, Oh, should we be like, <laughs> if we put all that, if we put that exact same crowd in a, in a theater or in a comedy club, they would be laughing. They would be yeah. having, because, but something about sometimes being in their church building, depending mm. on the leadership of the church, usually uh, where they're like, Oh, I don't know if people are supposed to say that from right there. Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes the location can, can even be a factor. One thing, one joke that I will make in churches a lot. I have a joke that kind of, it had a little bit, it's like a very light divorce joke. Okay. you know it's not like a big inappropriate thing but i i mentioned divorce which in church can kind of a tighten up thing we don't like yeah, yeah totally um but so i'll tell that and then i'll be like uh thank you guys for laughing i get in trouble a lot of churches um 
but when I'm not performing at churches, I'm in the comedy clubs. And a lot of times there, I'm the only clean comedian on the lineup. I try to be a light in a dark place. And then I can come to your church and be the darkness in a light place. <laughs> so it's my dream job. So I try to, even when I'm, when I'm at a church, help them understand, hey, I didn't just write these jokes for you guys. These are yeah, for everybody. Totally. Yeah. Uh, and so that's kind of where I'm coming from. And usually once I kind of explain that to them within a joke like that, then they're kind of on board for if I want to talk about vasectomies or whatever. After. <laughs> right. <laughs> they're kind of like, oh, yeah, he wrote these for not just for us. So he's not just throwing these at us. These are his this is his act. Yeah. Totally. And I think that helps them a little bit, at least the ones that were ever going to. There's some people that are just going to sit there with their arms folded because they don't even like that there's somebody in their church at all. Right. Totally. Um, but for the most part, I, most of the church shows I'm doing are just a ton of fun and everybody's on board and it's, I never really have to worry about it too much. We'll be right back. Hey everybody, I know the holidays are around the corner and so I just wanted to give you a quick heads up that we've got some incredible holiday deals going down this season over at CommonGraceThreads.com. Uh, we'll have our normal Black Friday and Cyber Monday deals, uh, but we're also launching for the very first time our Common Grace 12 Days of Christmas Sale uh, to starting on December 1st, and it's going to be 12 days full of sales and giveaways. It's going to be a ton of fun. So head over to commongracethreads.com today or follow us on Instagram at commongraceco uh, to stay up to date on all of our holiday deals. Uh, we know that talking about faith can be hard, and our products are designed to make it easy. So let us help you share more and stress less this holiday season. This is this could be like a, a just a nerdy the art of comedy question, but <laughs> I love like, what it. do you like? What do you think a, it is about humor that can be disarming? Because like I feel like even in that last like you know example, that there are ways of like someone's like kind of feeling a little like uh you know kind of on edge, throwing in like a different joke that makes them go okay cool I can like lighten up like sure. everything's cool we're all having fun here. What do you think it is about humor that disarms people? Yeah, I mean I think it's. I, I mean, it's people say that, you know, a joke and telling a joke is you're building tension and then you're releasing tension. Mm -hmm. um, you know, your setup is you're building tension and the punchline is you let all the air out of the balloon. And that's where you, why you get a laugh because you're, everybody's kind of building up and then, ah, oh, that's what it is. And then there's yeah. a laugh. So it's almost just like a release. So I think if you, if someone laughs at a joke, it is in a way it's kind of, tension relieving it's tough to keep your shoulders tight if you're involuntarily laughing yeah um i think it's just a it's a pretty vulnerable laughing is pretty vulnerable too so i think if you're almost forcing people to feel vulnerable because mm. you know you're making them do something that they weren't even planning to do i mean they, the laugh point. is involuntary so if you're making them do that then they kind of are like all right this guy made me feel good so i guess i can see what else he's gonna and I think that, you know, whether it's stand-up comedy or preaching or public speaking of any kind, you see good speakers, good comedians, you know, start with a joke that gets people on their side. And if it's not a funny talk, you'll still see really good speakers do something light. Even if it's not a joke, they'll tell a story at the beginning um, just to kind of say, hey, I'm a person. Look, I can I get that things are funny. I have a sense of humor. And I think uh, it's the easiest way to the fastest way to make someone like you is to make them laugh. Mm. So I think that when, if you only have 30 minutes to talk to a group of people, if you can make them like you in that first minute, then you're setting yourself up for more success as you go. Yeah. 
Man, that's really good. You you said something earlier that I think is super true that like Christians aren't necessarily like known as funny people, you know, like we are, <laughs> you know, or at least, you know, just like, like as a whole, as a demographic, it's like, oh man, those Christians are hilarious. Like I love those guys. Yeah. You know? It's not our reputation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. And so I think that, you know, most people listening to this, like they're, they're not stand up comics, but they do have the ability to be funny and disarming of in course, their conversations. Yeah. Uh, what tips like would you give to people who hear this and think, man, I would like love to be just disarming and funny, knowing that humor is a good way to get people just to listen and to be on your side and say, all right, cool. Like, I like you. I'm willing to listen to what you have to say. What tips would you give to people who just want to be more disarming in in the way that they talk about faith or anything along those lines? Yeah, no, I wish there was an easy answer. I mean, the, the fact, the easiest in you know, one of the easiest ways to show somebody that you don't take yourself too seriously is to be self-deprecating, mm. um, which is an easy thing to do because it's, I think when you make a self-deprecating joke, you obviously don't want to be so harsh on yourself that it discredits you. It's just like, oh man, you don't <laughs> want people to feel bad for you. It's just like, do you really think that about yourself? Uh, but if you can say, you know, make a quick self-deprecating joke about yourself. It lets people know that you don't take yourself too seriously and it gets yeah. a laugh. Even if it's not like an involuntary, like you made me laugh it, within a conversation, it's easy to get the conversation started with a, let's start with something light. I can make a joke about yeah. my hair or whatever. Um, totally. And then, it, I mean, if you're trying to write jokes, um, there's a lot of great resources out there. I always tell people to podcast i listened to when i was starting comedy he's called school of laughs podcast um okay. great uh, christian guy uh, rick roberts in nashville he teaches comedy classes and then he does this great podcast where he just talks about you know the nerdy parts of comedy he interviews a lot of great comedians but then he also does episodes about like hey this is what you should wear on stage oh mm. here's how you make sure you have the punchline in the right place of this joke and uh, a lot of technical great stuff um because you know if you want to write jokes, there's a lot you can learn about how to successfully write jokes. And there's a lot of techniques and there's a lot of, um, you know, ways to go when you're, when you have an idea you think is funny and then trying to get it into an actual joke where it flows and has an obvious place for the person to laugh instead of just kind of being an amusing story. Um, I don't know if I really answered your question, but, uh, if you're not funny at all, it's tough to get funny. If, but if you're already a little funny, it's not that yeah. hard to get funnier. Some yeah. people don't have it. Some people just yeah. don't have it and it's fine. They have other stuff. Um, but, uh, you know, a lot of comedians say you can't really teach somebody to be funny. You can just teach them to be funnier. Yeah, totally. Um, <laughs> which is, uh, which I don't know if I agree or disagree with, but it makes sense. Yeah, totally. When, when did you realize that you were a funny guy? <laughs> I don't know. Um, I've always been an introvert. I was never like the class clown or anything like that. I think yeah. it's it's school. Like nobody would have been like Andrew's the funny guy. Right. Um, but I think maybe like my three or four closest friends, like in high school, would say that I was funny. Um, but I just was not comfortable taking chances with a joke or a comment around people I wasn't really comfortable with. So yeah. Um, the first time I ever did like a live performance that was funny was at the end of college, actually. I was in a fraternity and we had a senior speeches thing we did at the end of every year where the seniors could get up in front of all hundred people and just, you know, if they could give some wisdom, they could make a joke, they could give away their couch, they could do whatever they want. It was just kind of <laughs> yeah. an open stage for the seniors to say. And so 
I wrote uh, just like uh, senior superlatives for all the people graduating, but just tried to write them really funny inside joke, yeah. you know, very dumb. Um, and it killed because it's an easy, it's an inside, it's a crowd that all gets the inside jokes totally. and all the people you're joking about are sitting there. So it's kind of like a little roast thing and it killed. And I remember just being like, that was really fun. And the stuff I wrote made people laugh a lot. Yeah. Um, but even then I wasn't like, I should do stand up comedy. I was just like, Oh, that's <laughs> fun. I guess I'm pretty, yeah. I guess I'm funny. That's nice. Yeah. Dude, that's hilarious. Where can people learn more about like you and your stand up and kind of just follow along with what's happening, even though this is a crazy time? Where can they learn more about you? <laughs> um, yeah, Instagram, Twitter. Twitter is Instagram now, apparently. They have oh, no stories at the top. They have little, yeah, it's, I don't understand. Uh, but at Andrew W. Stanley on both of those. And then okay. my website is andrewstanleycomedy.com. You can see all my canceled shows. Uh, <laughs> but I am keeping it updated with the with the virtual stuff and the and the live shows that I do have. So cool. Um, and I have some videos on there for anybody who wants to see some clips. I think the mission trip joke is on there. Yeah. So if you guys want to go see what we were talking about on my website, I've got a classic mission trip joke that gets me in trouble sometimes. Dude, honestly, the first time I saw that joke, I laughed so hard, man. I uh, I've been on that <laughs> like. I mean, I've been on enough short-term trips to one, there's like the, there's that kind of like personal well, me too, punch yeah. of like, Ugh, same. Well, that's yeah. why I felt I could write it. I was like, yeah, <laughs> I did. I did like five of those. And totally. yeah, I think those were for me. I'm pretty sure yeah. those were for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's fun. It's fun. Cause I was started, you know, first several times I told that joke, it was in a comedy club oh, and no way. I got it working in the comedy club and I was like, Oh, Christians are going to love this. If I can get just a random group of people to laugh at this pretty oh, totally. inside baseball joke. Um, so that's usually how I write jokes. Even if they're kind of churchy, I'll be like, if they don't work in a comedy club, I don't really want to have them in my act. Um, so yeah, hopefully this, this, uh, this has been enough of a commercial for that joke for you guys to all go to my website. <laughs> there you go. Honestly, this entire episode is just a buildup to watch that one pun joke. It's about a minute and a half. It's pretty quick. Well, man, thank you so much for taking time. I really appreciate it. And, uh, good luck on the shows tonight and, uh, hope, hope it all goes. Oh, thank you. I goes appreciate well. it. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me on. Well, I hope that you enjoyed our conversation with Andrew Stanley, uh, and I also hope that it was helpful. Uh, I really do believe that we could be so much more effective when talking about our faith if we became masters at disarming people, uh, and humor is such an easy way to do that. Uh, if you liked what you heard today, we would be so appreciative if you subscribed or rated the podcast. Uh, it really does go a long way. Uh, and don't forget to check out the 12 Days of Christmas holiday sale uh, going down at commongracethreads.com starting December 1st. And as always, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time.